right, all right, all right. What's up, everybody? What's going on, Scott? What's up, Sam? How you doing? All right. Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Feeling good is, you know, um, good fall weather out there. Oh, yes. You know, um, cooled off a lot <laughs> considering <laughs> how uh, hot it was during the summer and everything. But, yeah, like I said, I'm feeling good. I don't I don't think there really was a fall this year. I think summer ran straight into winter at a, like a freight train. Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> Crazy. So well, here we are with Nerdcyclopedia. Welcome to the show. For those of you who are not Welcome familiar with show. Nerdcyclopedia, we are a podcast that talks about nerd stuff uh, one letter at a time. Um, that's what we do. It's what we've been doing for a while now. Right, Sam? Right. Yes, sir. And we're coming with different concepts every week. Yes. You know, as far as our favorite nerd type stuff, we deal with superheroes, we deal with history, mm. we deal with pop culture. Yes. You know, just different nerd type stuff um, that begin with the different letters of the alphabet. And how do we pick what stuff we're going to talk about? We talk about whatever we feel like. And if you want to talk about something different, you can get your own podcast. <laughs> but you can always make suggestions at, <laughs> at Nerdcyclopedia Podcast at <laughs> uh, Gmail. Okay, yes, we will so also feel take free. <laughs> uh, that, that that doesn't hurt. We we, we want to have an interactive audience there and everything. But you know, if you feel that you want to take over the podcast, like Scott said, you can get your own podcast. If you're interested in starting a podcast and paying us to do it. You can contact us <laughs> via Facebook or Twitter. <laughs> uh, and, and speaking of which, we got our handles. We got um, on Twitter at Nerdcyclopedia. And you can also find us on Facebook at Nerdcyclopedia as well. Absolutely. Um, we have our Gmail account that I mentioned before. Yes. Um, Nerdcyclopedia podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our website, www.nerdcyclopedia.com. Oh, the empire. Um, yeah, <laughs> so we got the old concepts around. Um, so, Scott, what's going on with you today, buddy? Oh, you know, I'm just enjoying a nice, uh, pleasant day. I'm thinking about the letter S, though. I don't know. It's on my head. It's just this, like, s- in the background, like a snake or something. Like a, like a, like a snake. Yes. Or a, or a slow snail. <laughs> like a Snails <laughs> sound like that. Um, or I, I don't or like a sloth. So, so as or like the movie Seven. Yes. So, as, as our listeners may be aware, um, the letter S is is going to be a letter that uh, we're probably going to have to split into parts because there are a lot of concepts that start with S, and including some pretty um, substantial hunks or substantial monolithic, you know, features of nerd culture, including like Star Wars, for instance. And uh, we're going to be doing, especially because The Last Jedi is coming out soon, I think this uh, this is slated for release beginning of December, so The Last Jedi will be out in just about a week and a half, right, Sam? Yeah, mid, mid-December. Ooh, ooh, I'm already just so excited about it. I can't wait. Yeah, so It's a great time. Yes. Great time for nerds. Absolutely. So if you're excited about Star Wars, we're excited about Star Wars. We're going to talk about it next week. We're going to talk about it. We're going to do a special around The Last Jedi. There's going to be so much content. You know, we've been uh, discussing amongst ourselves like what we wanted to do for a, such a, an amazing occasion as a mainline Star Wars sequel. Uh, so, you know, keep your keep your ears open, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, we're definitely going to be showing up uh, with some really good content to uh, you know give you all, all the, everything you want going around with uh, Episode Eight, The Last Jedi. 
Yeah, so Scott just gave you guys a teaser. A teaser. Yes. Um, so this is like the first part of S, and we haven't done two parts um, throughout this whole alphabet, and we're on S, and we're going to be we're on S right now. So uh, S is pretty big. So he teased um, the Star Wars. That's going to be the second part of S. But um, on the first part, um, I believe we're going to start off with one of the bigger S's. Oh yes, in uh, nerd lore. Bigger what? Um. <laughs> nerd lore. So the biggest <laughs> S in nerd lore, huh? <laughs> okay. The biggest S. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, wow. I, I, and as I'm thinking about different S's, I've, it's just a lot of S. Uh, <laughs> let's start off with, <laughs> let's start off with um, Superman. Okay. Superman is. Uh, I'm going to go note free here. I'm first. closing the notes. That's right. Close the notes. We're talking about Superman from knowledge of, of 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 what you know of Superman. Him being the first superhero. Yes, the first superhero, the namesake superhero. Uh, Grandfather. Yes, created in 1938. Uh, created Action Comics number one. Very famous cover. Also, the most expensive comic book, I believe, in mint condition. Yes. Features Superman. If you can find it in mint. <laughs> well, <laughs> now when I say that, obviously the most expensive comic isn't going to be like down down at the comic store over <laughs> on Noblestown Road. You know, it's like <laughs> they don't just keep those out. And they they need a little right, bit more right. security than just the plastic cover <laughs> put on all the regular comic books. Right, right, right. So, Action Comics number one. As a, Superman's doing like a military press of an automobile and like slamming it into a wall at the same time or slamming it into the ground, right? Got it. There's dudes like running around. Uh, Action Comics number one also features Superman's first origin story, which is a bit different than what we both, you know, we all know and love. So, um, Superman is in an orphanage, I think, and he has fewer powers than he does now, right, Sam? Yes, yeah. He doesn't yet fly. He just jumps real high. He's a jumper. And as the 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 um, iconic saying goes, he leaps tall buildings in a single bound. That was his um, beginning concepts before they d- determined that he was going to actually be flying all the time. Right. So the flight was <clears throat> was not there, like Sam said. And Superman was sort of like like we think about Superman now. So you think about it. I think a lot of people can conceive a Silver Age Superman. And Silver Age Superman had super, like really, really crazy high powers, right? It's like super strong, immensely strong. And Superman in the Golden Era, which is what we're talking about right now, was a little bit more toned down, right? <clears throat> so right. like he could be hurt if he got hit with like an artillery shell. It's actually in Action Comics number one, they say that. Um, right. So he can be hurt by stuff like that. So he has more weaknesses than the classic Superman you know, that you would think of. Also, his his uniform is sort of like in the Action Comics number one. It's like a, it's like a policeman's badge with a big S on it. And uh, what's really cool about Action Comics number one is that Superman's all about trying to get to the governor and make the governor pardon someone who's about to get the chair. <laughs> That's the plot. It's like she didn't do it, governor. And the governor's like, "Well, Superman, you just kicked my door through my house." <laughs> you just yeah, really, really, really stripped down, <laughs> simple, you know, more earthboundish, you know, except you know this guy <laughs> has superpowers, right? Taking down the governor. Yes. Um. Yeah, that's 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 really different. But I mean, it really gave a really, it, it really 
gave a really good idea of what they wanted as a superhero. Powerful. Mm-hmm. Someone who, um, at the time, I guess, uh, they created him to, to give people a little bit more hope because uh, it was a lot of war going on around the, <laughs> in the 30s era. Well, in 38, you know, the war so, hadn't really started in earnest yet. There was a lot okay. of a lot of unrest, and of course, you know, the Great Depression was uh, mm-hmm. happening. So, um, right. you know, that's absolutely something that. Uh, so there was a lot of despair, but there hadn't been, you know, the super the super conflict of the forties hadn't started yet. That didn't start until thirty nine. So yeah, the the year before, I mean, the year after. Yes, absolutely. So the Superman, um, Superman was kind of created in response to. Um, a few things. So, so Superman was kind of seen as like a an advocate for the downtrodden when he was conceived, and he was sort of a like a an advocate for the common man. There, there was a sort of like socialistic kind of communistic sort of undertone to Superman. There was one, and when Siegel yes. and Schuster wrote it. Now, the other thing, uh, Superman, uh, Superman's original conception was that he was not a physically strong superhero, but a mentally strong superhero. So the rise of the Superman was a story pitched by uh, pitched by Siegel and Schuster, and it was like he had like mental power, so he can control people's minds, right? And what happened? Oh, okay. What happened is one of their fathers—I can't remember which one it is—one uh, of their fathers owned like a jewelry store and was murdered during a jewelry robbery. And so right. then they conceived of this guy who you know bullets couldn't hurt him, and he was super strong, and he would avenge you know any wrongdoing. So that's sort of where where Superman came from. And then, uh, obviously, adding you know the very colorful costume and the very simple writing certainly had an appeal to not just children but to a wide variety of, of younger people who subsequently went into the service. It's one of the reasons that Superman was such a huge success. Yeah. So, um, so you know, he he was really successful on that end. Um, I mean, he had the colors and everything, the mm-hmm. sort of the brightness that stood out from other heroes that have appeared before then. I mean, he came from ideas of like Marco Zorro, right? Um, different concepts, strongman concepts, and everything. Mm-hmm. So, Siegel and Schuster, as as Scott said, created you know this, this red, um, blue, and yellowish you know costume for this guy to wear. Which you know at this point seems kind of ridiculous for <laughs> with with a cape, um, but it was really a, a it's inspirational concept for especially during that time, like Scott said, you know, around the um, Great Depression, and the the just symbol it just sort of held like a, a really great impact for like younger younger um, you know kids just looking at the um, concept of okay, this is a character is actually making a difference actually being out there you know um caring for us um the downtrodden as scott said is the people who have you know uh, need a voice to actually speak out which actually relates to a lot of things today mm-hmm. you know but superman was the the first american you know cultural icon as far as like a, a superhero character yes you know um over the years he's been um he, he was he got so popular and considered this is 1938 and this is 2017 right and he's still as popular as as, as what he was back then you know it's been many superheroes that have have come after him um that are some variation of superman 
you know um <laughs> the, the one of the bigger next ones was um Batman yes. you know that came after him but still with Batman not having really any superpowers he's still a variation of Superman yes you know uh, uh, a character or person that put us on a costume and goes out to fight crime or the you know the downtrodden <clears throat> um so yeah so so Superman I mean he and then he has a secret identity, Clark Kent. He does, a mild-mannered <laughs> reporter. For some reason, he has. A, I, I've all, it's always been interesting to me that Clark Kent is, is, and this has been pointed out in various media forever. But Clark Kent is sort of Superman's idea of what people are like. You know, like sort of bum, right, bumbling right, and clumsy right. and sort of like quiet and meek. And and you know, Superman also. It's interesting to to think about Superman as an immigrant too. As the other, as one of the other yeah. sort of academic through lines you see in Superman's sort of commentary, is that Superman is an outsider, and he assumes the form of an Earthling because he doesn't, you know, part of it's because he doesn't think he'd be accepted as an outsider, right? Even though he's as powerful as he is, right? Right, right, right. Which says a lot about the, xenophobia, um, and certainly, you know, America's isolation has been in the, last, in the later part of the 30s. And I'm a history nerd, guys. This is just going to happen. I'm going to talk about the Great Depression, <laughs> and probably like Hitler in a second. I'm going to talk about all this stuff a lot. <laughs> and, and, and it and all relates, um, you know, with, with what it is. The reason why a lot of these superheroes were created, mm-hmm. because of a lot of the realities that were going on around that time. Exactly. So, <laughs> so Leah, like you said, talked about, like, the... Um, um, War started happening in 1939, so right. the, the the concept of Superman started really being important. Superman not being real is besides the point. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just a comic book. It's beside, totally besides the point. <laughs> he could. That's like he could, not. He it's could. definitely not on the list of the first three things you should ever say about Superman. <laughs> it's that he's not real. That's totally right, fake right, news. Right. That's fake news, and I'm tired of it. Sam. Fake. Fake, fake, fake news. I mean, he wasn't going to jump out the pages and actually um, knock old Adolf Hitler in the jaw, you know. <laughs> but he could still inspire and um, give people hope, um, especially kids, because right. uh, around that time it was a nightmarish, you know, uh, it, kids couldn't really fathom uh, what their parents were actually going through. Mm-hmm. So they needed something to hang on to. And Superman was really created um, to. Maybe he wasn't created, you know, to do that, but he actually ended up being that symbol of hope for a lot of um, younger kids. Right. Right. So Superman, that's Superman in the 30s. <clears throat> so in the, so after the war started, Superman sort of, you know, when you think of Superman, you think of, you know, truth, justice in the American way. That's what I think of when I think about Superman, of course. And that wasn't something that was initially part of his deal until the war started. And so they kind of worked that in. And during the war, there was a big boom of comic books because they were cheap. They were disposable. You could put like a thousand of them on, you know, a troop ship. Everyone could read them. They could pass them around. You know what I mean? They're sort of single serving one, you know, five minute, ten minute sort of consumption items. And, you right. know, the, the soldiers also, and it's easy to forget this because obviously, you know, all, all the uh, the World War II veterans that I know are all very old now. But it's easy to forget that everyone that was fighting in that war was like 19 or 20 years old. So, you know, yeah. a lot of those guys were younger guys. And then, so there's this big boom of superhero comics. And like Batman, Robin, Aquaman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, like they all came out between like 1939 and 1942. Explosion. Yes, there was an explosion. Explosion of superheroes. And then after the war, everything went away. Except for like Batman and Superman. Nobody else had their own titles after that. Right. So that began what's called the Silver Age, or the Silver Era of comic books. 
and Superman got some um, got the ability to fly. His costume became more sort of pronounced or more sort of what we would recognize now with the uh, what is it like a, a pentagon with the S? Yeah, that means a lot of different stuff. Hope or it's the Royal Family Crest or whichever movie, whatever they think it is presently, <laughs> whatever they define it is at the moment. The, the correct the correct way to say it is that the meaning has changed over time. As society has changed around <laughs> Superman. Right, right, right. <laughs> and the story sort of became a little more outlandish. So Superman could do things like... Uh, an example of, obviously, this is from the movie Superman with Christopher Reeve. But he's, he can fly fast enough to go back in time. Or he can like push whole planets out of the way. He's completely impervious to destruction. Um, except for Kryptonite, right? He was really right? powerful. <laughs> yeah, like he was super powerful. Like He was essentially like, a, like a, you know, an omnipotent being. Right. And so they had to create more, like, outlandish villains for him. So older Superman would have, like, like someone named Dr. Death or some sort of Nazi, evil Nazi scientist, um, like in the Fleischmann cartoons. Which are real cool, by the way. If you have, if you have not seen the World War II-era Fleischmann Superman cartoons, you got to check them out. There are... Yeah, one, uh, they're a really great animation, oh. you know, done for that time period. I mean, it's really high concept for... You know, as compared to um, some some things that you see nowadays, yeah, like I said, like Scott said, check it out. There's an amazing through line. So you've heard me talk about the Batman intermediate series on this show. You've heard me talk about, you know, Batman and how much I like that art style. And that's a sort of the continuation of the spirit of these older cartoons, these Superman cartoons from like 1940. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there's not problematic stuff in those cartoons because there definitely is. So, I'm, so first of all, let me get that right out of the way. There's some, there's some problematic stuff because it's <laughs> older, and I guess sensibilities were much different. So don't right. don't don't accept this as a whole endorsement of all that stuff. But the cartoon itself is good. Um, so that's sort of what happened. And so they they had to create these villains that were more like um, like this is when like Dark Side came out, or like Brainiac, or um, uh, Bizarro, right? You sort of higher concepts, you know, extraplanetary sort of threats because Golden Age Superman was fighting like Lex Luthor, right? Right. Like Lex Luthor was like was a smart guy, but he's basically like Batman if Batman didn't have any morality. Exactly. (laughs) Which which makes him awesome. No powers. (laughs) By the way, he's still cool. (laughs) It's just yeah, 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 yeah. He 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 he's he's it's a reason why Lex Luthor is iconic for not having any powers. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, going against the most powerful being on Earth, you know, in the comics at least, right? Um, you know, he's he's antithesis of Superman. You know, he's the smartest man, you know, in the um, in the entire world, and he's gonna in and he's during the Golden Age, he was doing all these tricks and stuff to uh, because he was just so I guess so jealous of Superman. Mm-hmm. Was that his 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 Achilles heel? It was jealous. <laughs> he was sort of more like an evil scientist at first, and then he kind of developed into uh-huh. sort of like a megalom- megalomaniacal. Was that the word? Uh-huh. He's a megalomaniac, and he kind of uh-huh. developed sort of like his his power sort of increased like Superman's did, right? So instead of just right. being someone really smart that can build like a cool robot that could beat up Superman, right? He turned into someone right. who was able to use. You know, to build a computer so powerful they could do simulations and determine what like the life would be like on a planet just from knowing the planet's size and how fast it orbits around what star and how hot the star is and stuff, right? Which he called right. exobiology. And he undertook, because Superman said he was an alien, so he knew there had to be other alien civilizations. Right. So that's like sort of the difference between <coughs> between Silver Age, you know what I mean, comics and Golden Age comics. 
the the conflicts in Golden Age comics are a lot more simple. They're not as they're not as complicated, and and some would say not as interesting. But remember, the, none of the more interesting stories could be told until you tell the regular stories. Well, I mean, people could say they actually were a lot more comic booky, mm-hmm. you know, a lot more silly, a lot more simple, as you said, a lot more, you know, straight to the point, a lot more colors. Um, they didn't tell like a lot of the complicated um, or complex, I should say, you know, concepts of 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 how um, these powerful beings interacted with you know, regular human beings. Right. Um, and they just started to be more of an escape, a real actual escape from what, whatever the realities that were going, you know, going on back then. Um, that was really around the time where um, what the, the Wortham trials or whatever was going on, okay. where he was just really condemning <laughs> um, comic books being um, this, 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 um, what I want to say, this um, death nail for just permeate, just, just crushing the minds of like, you know, youngsters and everything or um, influencing the minds of like youngsters um, making them feel that, you know, comics were bad and, you know, they were like actually comic burnings in, in churches and stuff. Right. Um, and maybe that's why so, there was such a move toward mm-hmm. like, so Superman was no longer, you know, an advocate for the, you know, the working man, right? Superman sort of assumed right. this like governmental, regal um, legitimacy that was conferred right. on him by like the president of the United States in the DC comics world. Right. And sort of, you know, in response to, like you're seeing those trials, Comics Code and the Red Scare, Superman sort of reinvented himself right. as this defender of America, not just a defender right. of humanity. Right, right, right <clears throat> So he became right. more specialized as, like, the space race heated up, and, you know, I think it, I think there's one comic book where, like, you know, like, the Apollo astronauts go to the moon, and Superman's there taking their picture and waving at him and posing for pictures and stuff up there, because he just can't, you know. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it gets to be a little bit silly and everything, and that was right around. Um, um, was the, the the Batman TV show come around around that time? Yes, that was the Silver Age, right? Okay, yeah, it was right at the yeah, Batman just, TV show. Is sort of like what what people kind of say is like the end of the Silver. It's like what kind of ended the Silver Age because it took the like the ridiculous elements of comic right, books right. and sort of amplified them and toned down all the rest of everything. So it's just like if you turn the tint up on your TV real high, you know, <laughs> you just see a bunch of blobs of color, and I'm sure. Now that I've said that, that most of, like, everybody under 25 has never owned a TV that had a knob like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that as I said it, remember? It was, it was, it was way before the clicker. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, oh, that's, I'm talking before even the menu tint button. But the menu, oh, man. We had wow. a little knob on our TV. You could turn it yeah. on. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Superman, you know, he changed um, throughout the time periods, but he still maintained mm. the, the S on his chest. You know the cape on his back, um, the the tidy whitey um, uh, red shorts <laughs> yeah. with the yellow belt and the um, the red boots. But you know so what? That's something that Z- Superman's got a body to wear. That like you say what you want about Superman, like he can, he's showing it <laughs> off because he puts the work in. <laughs> he puts the work. In. I mean, he's a vegetarian as well, <laughs> right? Like he doesn't yeah, eat any yeah, meat. Yeah. He basically lives off sunlight. Yeah. He's essentially a living plant. That's essentially like his people made him evolve from plants. Like really, yeah. I mean, he's a um, you know, he's definitely an amazing character. <coughs> he's not as popular as what he was back then. It's, it's funny because the, the, here you're talking about a character that just can do anything. So it's it's with a lot of writers of book, you know, of, of Superman and everything. It's kind of it was kind of hard to find that um, 
that arc, that 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 um, thing with Superman. Okay, well, what makes Superman tick? Right. You know, what makes Superman? You know, not Superman or whatever. So when Crisis happened in the eighties, in the mid eighties, Crisis on Infinite Earths, the the popular um, DC Comics miniseries, oh, yeah. that sort of just took everything and just um, wiped it out and created like a whole new DC universe at that time. Um, uh, artist, a writer, artist named John Byrne. He went back to the basics of what Siegel and Schuster did uh, when they initially created the character. He just stripped Superman of all his his wonderment and his power and everything, and just you know started him out from bare bones. While he's still Superman, you know he had to learn how to you know use his X-ray vision or discover that he had. Or I'm sorry, discover that he had X-ray vision or discover that he had um, a heat um, heat vision. Um, and it took him several issues to, you know, to find these concepts out instead of just having everything all at one time. And he wasn't, you know, as powerful, you know, he couldn't lift buildings, you know, he could lift cars, but, you know, he wasn't as powerful he was as he was in, the, in like the Silver Age. Right. So they, they changed Superman um, over time, like I said, still keeping the costume, but keeping the idea of the man up in modern times. So it was a really amazing time, a, a, a really good a really good way to uh, look at the history of the character. Yep. And then after all that, they made Superman four and then they never made any more Superman movies again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so super- speak, speak, speaking of the movies, um, <laughs> Oh man, the, the, the first four Superman movies. Well, let's, let's say the first two, especially Superman two for me. Yeah. Is probably the one of the top two superhero films of all time. Superman two is really really good. Classic, mm-hmm. classic. I mean, if you if you can't get down with Neil before Zod, you know, then <laughs> I, 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 there's just something wrong with you. Exactly, and I think that um, that whole idea of you know the the Kryptonians coming to Earth obviously is very much in in play in the Zack Snyder movie. Uh, Superman vs. Batman, which to go ahead and plug this, there is an episode on our timeline right now, <laughs> Nerdendum Superman yes. Batman. You can listen to it. You could pause this episode, go listen to that, and come back and feel what we have. Right back. Feel what we know, what we think about that movie. I'm gonna, uh, I'm just gonna do a real quick recap for anyone who's too lazy to do that, but you can still download it anyway. <laughs> uh, but you don't have to listen to it; just download it. So, so we don't yeah, like. We it. need our numbers. We basically didn't like it. <laughs> So, so that's that's the end of just to spoil that for you. If you don't feel like going back and listening to the whole thing, well, I I, I will say we we well, Scott didn't like the movie. I had some I problems like with the like, first version, the jangly guitar Wonder Woman theme, which is one yeah, of the, the reasons the, the, why I've been dragging my feet about seeing Wonder Woman. I hear it's excellent and I hear it's very very good. However, uh-huh. that jangly is the jangly guitar in it, Sam. Can you just clear that up for me right now and maybe make it so I can yes, go see it, that movie? It is. It is. It's, it's a big part of the thing. Uh. But to go back to Batman Superman, Scott didn't like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like the first version until I actually saw the ultimate version, which cleared a lot of stuff up for me. It actually was a more of a better cohesive um, tie-in to the Man of Steel which sort of continued that arc a lot better than what they actually put out in the theaters. The 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 Batman vs Superman that they put out in the theaters was not good. Not good at all. And it's it's kind of a shame that they had to put an extra 30 minutes just to clear that story up. 
before I saw <laughs> my, that movie, you know, in my concept, before I saw that movie, I saw someone tweet something that said, "Like my favorite part of the new uh, Batman Superman movie is when Wonder Woman gets on her laptop for five minutes and watches YouTube." And I was like, "Ha ha ha, that's hilarious!" And then it happened. <laughs> and I was just like, "I thought this was a joke." Well, 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 the correct thing was that the the best thing about the movie was that um, Wonder Woman got on her laptop and watched a trailer to the Justice League. Yes. <laughs> Who's this fast guy? Oh. <laughs> but that's how organized Bruce Wayne is, you know. He has like, but even when he gives her the evidence for the first time for her to look through everything, everyone's got their own symbol. Everyone's got their own like, That was that was not good. That was, even in the Ultimate version, that wasn't good. Like Bruce Wayne doesn't that play around. Clear, clear up anything, but um, but yeah, Superman obviously is in that movie. Um, to me, as far as that arc between Man of Steel to Batman versus Superman, is is really telling a um, it's really telling an origin of how Superman is getting acclimated to Earth because in the Man of Steel, you know, he's not really Superman, but he's just he puts on a costume really to fight Zod um, from from taking over the earth right you know in batman versus superman he's just getting too used to the concept that people are actually calling him superman right you know in man of steel he was barely even called superman at all if at all i think uh, maybe like a side character mentioned him as superman that was basically it mm-hmm. you know he was just this guy with superpowers and batman versus superman it was a whole um continuation of that arc and he was it was a depressing art for or the character that people really didn't take to. I liked it, mm-hmm. but a lot of people didn't because, you know, Superman is this light, bright, you know, um, symbol of hope that wasn't really portrayed like that in the um, first two movies. Yes. Zack Snyder, why did you do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> we're right on the... But, and we're recording this, by the way, two days before Justice League comes out. So, right, so right, right. we know we're releasing this after that. But just, we have not seen that movie yet, although my guess is if you do look back on our time on there's probably an addendum about Justice League somewhere in there. So maybe you should, you know, stop being so lazy and go listen to that one, too. (laughs) Definitely, and hopefully that movie ends off, uh, uh, just rounds out his arc and everything, so he can actually be the Superman that we all know and love. Exactly. You know, from, um, from, from the ideas of what Siegel and Schuster made, so. So it looks yeah. like they're doing the Superman. the death of Superman arc there, but the marketing is not clear about what exactly it is. So that's kind of the hush hush thing for posterity. Like we don't know, right? <laughs> so do we just so we don't sound dumb? Like we just don't don't know yet what happens in that movie. I mean, you know these these movies that come out nowadays, they try to hide stuff from the public, but you know then they don't. <laughs> so they like you say they can't figure out how they want to market it then. Exactly. So we talked about, um, when we were in the seas, we talked about Clark Kent a little bit, or maybe in the case. We, we've talked about Clark Kent before, and I yeah. think I said that Dean Cain kind of was my, my like sort of standalone main Clark Kent guy, right? Just because I think oh, okay. that what, what, what he did is you kind of could tell that he was basically like a, you know what I mean? You could see that he was sort of a built guy underneath what he wore as Clark yeah. Kent. Yeah, And I just like right. the way he talks. So, so that was my guy for Clark Kent. Um Who's your Superman? Who's the guy you think when you think of Superman? Who's the face you see, or who's the the person, or the the you know the um, the representation of Superman you see? Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve. Reeve. Yeah. Not Brandon Routh. Yeah. Come on, Brandon. Routh. <laughs> no, I see him as Adam. 
<laughs> on Legends of Tomorrow. You know, he, uh, he the, the I forgot he even played Superman, but wow. Um, that's right. We forgot all yeah. about. We didn't even talk about <laughs> Superman Returns, a movie, a movie that stars a, uh, an actor who actually is more evil than the character he's portraying on the film, which is just something that's amazing. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, the, the Christopher Reeve t- to me, he's like the definitive Superman. He he was the um, like I said, those first two Superman, you know, movies really, really drove. They actually got it. And that was before a time where um, um, superhero movies were actually not really popular. They were like, you know, how can you create a... I, I can't even do a Superman movie. So their marketing um, concepts, their, their marketing um, aspect back in the, the late 70s when the, um, the first Superman came out was like, how, how you, you will believe a man can fly. That was a big tag right. you know, to that. And right, you know, before then, it was never, it was really never a really great way that you could really believe a man could fly. In the, um, of as far as Superman, you know, George Reeves did him back in the um, was it the fifties? Oh uh, yeah, um, that guy, black and white days. Um, hmm. but you know, it was more or less him just jumping into, <laughs> jumping out of a a scene or a, um a set, and then them doing like some sort of green screen or whatever. Um, that was super terrible <laughs> with with him hanging on some ropes or whatever um, that sometimes you can actually see. So, yeah, they they actually did do a great job back in the late 70s with that first Superman movie on really putting you, you into a, a mode of, OK, this man can actually fly. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the one of the better or well, was, you know, during that time, one of the best superhero movie at that time. Oh, yeah. Um, and Christopher Reed was very earnest in a role. He didn't play at camp, you know, which could have, which he could have, considering how Batman, oh yeah, was played a few years before by like Adam West. He played it straight, you know, as if this person could actually exist in our world. Mm-hmm. And all the characters surrounding him, you know, it had this level of humor and everything. And all the characters surrounding him played it straight as well. And it made it to a really great movie. Um, for the first and second one until that third and the fourth one came out when, when, when you have, when you have Superman three starring Richard Pryor (laughs) with Superman, then you're now, you're no longer taking this whole thing. I mean, you got, you got people in movies like, like the lawyer for Brewster's millions or Superman trying to fight Richard Pryor. I mean, it's, it's crazy, you know? Oh man, man. And then the the budget was stripped down. Um, I've heard st- on, on behind the scenes stories of, you know, how um, they wanted the the, the rights the, the people who had the rights to Superman just didn't want to spend the money, but mm-hmm. you know wanted to still, you know, keep putting out movies and everything, and it just wasn't working. Uh, that's how we got like the Nuclear Man in uh, the fourth movie. Oh yeah, supposed to be this, you know, this this exact opposite of Superman, and and it just didn't work. It, it, and comic book fans, they were so disgusted. Like, you know, why can't you use a real character, mm-hmm. you know, from his, the series and stuff? Who is this nuclear man character? <laughs> you know, I, I remember at that time. Um, and then Superman fell off. You know, they started, they, they stopped doing, you know, those movies and everything. So Superman Returns, like Scott said, came out and had Brandon Routh playing a character. That movie was not awesome. Not super awesome. Yeah, it was um, it was made by Brian Singer, who just came off the X Men. 
you know, off X-Men 2, which was really, you know, a really good movie. Um, and they wanted him to uh, reboot the whole Superman thing. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't really work. You know, it, it, it was maybe a little too long, a little too deep. Boring. To, the word you're looking for is boring. boring. Yeah, 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 yeah. That too. <laughs> Kevin Spacey uh, as Lex Luthor, you know. I may I, I think I remember maybe remember one or two lines of his that, that were good, but they were doing too much. Um, if we drop this crystal in the water, paint. it'll make a new continent. That's how. I, that's what I right, remember. Right, right, right. They were trying to pay homage to um, homage to um, to the to the Christopher Reeves movie and doing a really poor job. Yeah. <laughs> Of doing that, so well, that's the same continuity. Remember, Did oh, you know that that movie takes place between like Superman two and Superman three in the old Superman oh, yeah? like universe continuity, like really? So, so where does the the Superman and with a kid thing come from? It's just later. He's remember just been that? gone for a while. Remember that? <laughs> so, so, so Lois had a kid. Um, I guess, man. I mean, I wasn't. <laughs> I don't really know. Man, man, man. Hey, I'm glad they never made another one of those. Oh man! But um, but yeah, that's that's Superman. I mean, that's you know he was the first. Yes. You know, as um, as Todd McFarlane um said in in one of his um, Spawn comic books, and we'll get to Spawn at some point. Oh yes, we will. Um, Spawn the really like yes, that's the really dark comic book. (laughs) Spawn might be the darkest comic book of all time. Right. But um, but yeah, he had an issue where you know he paid homage to um, Superman by having him in the background and you know just pretty much putting him as the first one, you know, the first superhero, mm-hmm. one that everyone should really bow down to because you wouldn't have any of these superheroes out now without Superman. That's true. Yep. All right, so that's Superman. I also see Christopher Reeve, by the way. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. He's my he's my guy in the cape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you hear, if you hear um, stuff in, something in the background here, my uh, my dogs just came in the room, so there might be some, <laughs> some tail wagon. You might hear in the background. The tail wagon. Yeah, the, the, my the tail wagon with one the of my dogs. dogs has a real like a real whippy tail, so it might smack into stuff oh, wow. and be loud. So okay. I apologize All to right. everybody in advance for that. All right, so you say Christopher Reeve is yours as well? Oh, yeah. I feel like he, uh, he's got the best look with the suit on, for sure. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, he's, the, like I said, the definitive Superman there. So, all right, so enough about Superman. Yes, that isn't enough. So, yeah, it's, it's so much stuff in S that we're, we're like, like Scott teased before, we're going to be doing Star Wars or another teaser coming in. Um, as a part two to ask, so be on the lookout for that soon. I mean, we're probably um, going to end up having to do like four or five of these. I mean, quite frankly, <laughs> just looking at where we are in the time and, you know, that we haven't yeah. covered, I mean, a, a pretty <clears throat> healthy list of things that we wanted to talk well, we're, about we're, with we're, us. We're, we're, going, we're going back through the alphabet again as, 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 That's as true. season two comes out. <laughs> maybe, I tell you what, maybe so, we'll insert a special for the letter S if we ever run into an issue with the letter like E or I or... <laughs> Okay. I don't know any of those vowels. Maybe we'll instead of doing you, we'll do five minutes of you, and we'll just do another S episode right on the back end. <laughs> right, right on the back end. Yeah, yeah. that's what we'll that's, do. That sounds good. All right, so what do we have next in S? An S. Well, um, okay. Let's talk about this. How about Super okay. Mario Bros. The Game? 
Ah, the game itself. Classic. 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 Oh man, punt. I mean, um, running and jumping. Yes. Hitting the um, <laughs> hitting the bricks. <laughs> create mushrooms. Sure. Oh, the power of sub. I love that game. <laughs> so this is a game starring Mario, Mario, and his brother Mar- Luigi Mario. Um, mm-hmm. They are plumbers. Mario was in Donkey Kong as Jumpman. They also did a regular Mario Brothers, right? That was them jumping around on pipes. Have you ever played Super Mario Brothers three? There's a mini game. If you play two players. Where if you both occupy the same space and someone hits start, you play the mini game. It's that arcade game, basically. If anyone wants to try that right. out, um, Super Mario Brothers itself was released in 1985. It was released for the Famicom Disk System first and was one of the original titles brought over to the United States. Um, it was the package in title with Nintendo Entertainment System. I will post a picture on Facebook of original packaging from the time that I just happened to have in the room with me. So I'll put that up there when we post this episode. Um, Super Mario Brothers is one of, is the best-selling title for the Nintendo Entertainment System because of that reason, and it's fairly ubiquitous. Yes. So everybody knows the story of Super Mario Brothers. The Mushroom Kingdom has been taken over by the evil King of the Koopa, Bowser, who has kidnapped the princess and taken her to his castle, which is uh, 8-4. I don't know why they named the castle 8-4. You think they named it Bowser's Castle... They end it with a number. That's their business. <laughs> it's a mushroom kingdom, you know. It's not. It's not run by pros. Uh, it's run by mushrooms. <laughs> and so, as Mario, you're trying to save the princess. So you run through. There's eight levels with four four boards apiece on the level, and you run through and jump and collect power ups like a mushroom that makes you grow bigger, like an Alice in Wonderland, and a flower which makes you shoot fire. Fire. It's a, it's a flower that turns you into someone who can throw fireballs with your hands. Also, just like Alice in Wonderland. Um, and your goal is to make it through all these worlds to get to the end and save the princess. Now, right. my knowledge of Super Mario Brothers is somewhat technical in nature because I speedrun Super Mario Brothers as a hobby. Um, my personal best time <laughs> as of recording is 5 minutes and 34 seconds, and that's any percent because there's some warp places. And um, uh-huh. the, the record... Uh, for this game has actually been set a couple times in the last few years. It's held by a speedrunner named Darbian. And I think right now okay. it's four four fifty six five six five or something like that. And four fifty six, uh, wow. Yeah. I mean it's a super crazy good run. There's a lot of tricks you have to do wow. um to really get that that I do not know, which is why my time is not good. Uh, compared to, <laughs> compared to his time, uh, there's a few neat things you can do. Um, a lot of people know that you do one 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 two. There's a warp at the end of one two. Then you do four one four uh-huh. two. There's a warp in four two, and then you play through world eight, and then you end the game. Right? That's the path to beat it via the speedrunner via what we what's called in the community any percent, which just means the fastest uh-huh. possible route between the two points. All right. Right. So level eight's really hard, and the whole thing is hard. There's all, a lot of stuff you have to do that's like impossible. And then in 4-2, there's a trick called the wrong warp where you try to, if you jump into things backwards and like sort of like slide up against them, you can move Mario to the right on the screen, some, some uh-huh. I think 20, 21 pixels. And, the, syst- and the, the game doesn't realize you've moved beyond where the last warp point is. So instead of uh-huh. having to climb a vine to get up to you know, the secret warp zone, you just go down the pipe and boom, it starts. Saves like 10 seconds. Okay. Super nifty. Those are probably the main things I think of when I think of Super Mario Brothers. Um, I recently beat it 34 times in one day because I am like that. 
<laughs> he's very good at speed running that. <laughs> um, while I while I don't do you know any speed running with Mario Brothers, my best memory of that um <laughs> of that game is when we first got our Nintendo mm-hmm. and my brothers back in the um the eighties, and that was the game that came with it. And it was it was a um it was a hard game at first. Right. You know, you think about how games are nowadays and how easy it is to you know navigate Mario. Um, we used to have this thing called pause and pray (laughs) (laughs) where, (laughs) where, 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 um, Mario would have to jump toward, to another, um, he had to jump to another ledge and it was really tricky to get that done, Mm -hmm. you know? So anytime we, 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 we would encounter a ledge and Mario had to jump, we would pause the game, put our hands together, (laughs) pray that we get over to the ledge. And then unpause and see if we could get that done, you know. Um, and it was it was it was really fun. Um, and that was just the first board. <laughs> so so imagine the many worlds that we had to go through in order to beat that game and everything. But um, but yeah, Mario. As far as like um, what I what I remember of it, the play it was it was just it was just a fun game to get. Um. Especially, you know, powering up and throwing the fireballs at the um, Cooper Troopers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then going through those underground tunnels, you know, um, and when the music would change and it would get real, like, real evil, you know, the, the evil, edgy music and everything. And it was just so different from the um, when it was above ground and you had to did it, did it, did it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a um, that was a classic, classic game, classic game. Good memories. Absolutely, I always remember you did the pause thing where you pause and pray. I would be playing with my brother, and I just hit the pause button on the controller one because that's the only way to pause it, and it would always mess uh-huh. him up, and he'd always get super mad, like he was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> so you had pause and pray. Oh, that is we had pause and fight. Just pause. <laughs> pause and fight. <laughs> Stop. That is hilarious, man! Oh my goodness gracious! Oh man! Okay, yeah. So that's 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 Mario there, or Super Mario Brothers? Super classic Mario Brothers, game. classic, yep. classic, iconic game. Well, a question I have: um, I don't know if you know any history about it, but how does a Japanese publisher um, use two two Italian characters to to be the protagonists of their series? How, how does that happen? I'm not sure, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that maybe like jump like Jumpman was just a cartoon character, and he just okay. had to pick like a name or something. So he just picked like huh. a random a name that he just liked, and it was it happened to be Mario. Uh-huh. And I think that's huh. I okay. really think that's actually it. Like it was really that that simple. Uh, but he had okay. the, the mustache guy predates you know he pre- the guy with the hat he predates the name Mario. So I think it was just oh. uh, just a cartoon character really. Okay. The only time because he was ever really did... super Italian. Like, until uh-huh. he started talking, was during the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Ah, yeah, yeah, I remember Which that. Captain okay, Lua Band. Zelda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the Zelda um, cartoon, like, on the t- on the back of the show. Yeah, on Fridays. You know, and they did really, um, really hard um, Italian stereotypes on that. They did, and they sang they sang a song, like, to the Mario theme song at the end called Let's All mm-hmm. Do the Mario. <laughs> and he was dancing around. Uh-huh. Wearing actually like a red shirt and like a plumber's overalls. It's really weird. And then they made the movie. Oh my goodness. 
Let's oh, let's I, talk I, about I, that I, movie I, for a second because that also starts with S. That movie oh, is insane. Man, okay, <laughs> it's a crazy person movie. Super Mario movie. I don't remember that. It wow. starred yeah, let's, let's, Bob let's, let's Hoskins as Mario. Uh, yeah, I remember. Okay. Dennis Hopper I've as, never seen as the a movie. Bowser that didn't look like Bowser. He just looked like a dude with no eyebrows. Wow. Wow. And you know who played Luigi? Wow. Who played Luigi? John Leguizamo. What? Yep. For real? Yep. <laughs> That's real. Wow. That's real. Yeah, and that exists. <laughs> it Bob does. Hoskins. And it was not like... Yeah. Um, it's not. It was not like a uh, like a uh, quiet release. Like it was hyped. Like it was advertised and like you know what I mean. Like it was. It was a real deal. And they made it super like dark and gritty, right? So it's this. Uh-huh. And this was not like like now. If you made a Mario super dark and gritty, maybe to appeal to people who are in their thirties and forties, right? Were playing it when they were kids. Uh-huh. I would understand it. But this movie came out in like nineteen ninety two. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. I was like nine, maybe eight. When that movie came out, like it was not <laughs> like Mario had not reached a, like iconic cult um, nostalgia status yet, right? He just had not existed for right. long enough for that to happen, and so that was right. just a really like like tone deaf movie. Like Yoshi was in it, but it was just a dinosaur. It was a really weird movie. I'm gonna have to YouTube that because I barely remember. I, I remember commercials. I never. I don't remember ever seeing the actual movie, but um, but yeah, that's crazy. I have to, I'm gonna have to actually have to YouTube that. To see what the, what the craziness that was going on in that movie. That just sounds that was that was crazy. Like if you see like you know, and what, and what, when did that come out? It was like ni- the early nineties. It was maybe ninety one, maybe ninety two. Really? I think that Super Mario World had just come out, and it was oh okay. So it was like really really long, like a long 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 time ago. So was it around that time where like Captain N and Super Mario Brothers, Legend of Zelda, all those cartoons came out at that they was really trying to capitalize on yes. that brand? Yes. Okay, okay. Except and instead of piggybacking it in the art direction style, like they did things like you know the uh-huh. like you know the the uh, the Super Mario mushroom, right? Like that sort of Yeah. Like you can you can kinda of picture like what it looks like. Well they just right. had like fungus everywhere, but it was fungus like you'd find under a log, <laughs> you know? Like it was okay. kinda like just like slimy and like ribbony. <laughs> so they did right. things like that. Like that's what they did. Oh, like it was, the, and the, like like I said, instead of having a giant, you know, crazy lizard mm-hmm. being the villain, uh-huh. they had like, like uh-huh. I said, Dennis Hopper with no eyebrows. Wow. Yeah, it was a weird, it was crazy weird movie. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got to check that out. <laughs> All right. Any anything um, that you want to kick out? That I want to kick out. This is. I'm. Hmm. Let's see here. I would say probably that movie actually. <laughs> That movie was really bad. <laughs> I know, you know, I've been noticing. I, I do listen to these casts just to make sure I don't sound like an idiot, and uh, <clears throat> I'm often quite disappointed. By the way, uh, <laughs> when I do listen back about how how dumb I sound, um, but I've noticed that the, usually I say the last thing I say is the thing I say we want to kick out. So while I do want to kick that movie out, I also want to think about something else to kick out. So I would say that I would like to kick out. The solo career of Sting. Wow. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> I didn't like Fields so, Gold, man. I like the police a little bit, but like I don't know. You, like, didn't like, you didn't like his solo career and everything. It just huh? it's just too easy listening. It doesn't feel adventurous. No, I mean it was a lot of easy listening. He did that stuff with um uh, the Lethal Weapon soundtrack. Yeah. That was one of his um 
Yeah, that was really, <laughs> really easy listening on his career. I mean, some of the stuff I did like, though. Uh-huh. Um, but Sting, his, his, his solo career, I mean, it wasn't really anything to, to, to leave a great taste in your mouth, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this police stuff was awesome. Yeah, I really like the police, but his solo stuff, it's like... It's like there was. It's like the police compared to Sting. Like the police feel, music feels like it has a sense of urgency. Uh huh. And his solo music doesn't. Yeah. But I'm not a music critic. Ad- I'm just a guy. Brian Adams type thing. Hey, you, but you're just a guy that listens to music. You know. I listen. I just a guy that listens to music and then shares my opinion through mass media. That does not make me a critic. <laughs> right. I'm tired right, of being so called names. So, so, so we're giving Sting the boot? Sting's solo music career. His acting's still okay. Music the police is still okay. Okay. We'll add okay. it to the book. The book of things that have been okay. banned. <laughs> Let's give it the boot. Boop. Yay. All right. All right. So um, so like like Scott was saying earlier, we got a part two to this podcast. Um, we will be talking about Star Wars for everyone who's wondering... If, if you haven't been listening to this podcast, we've been teasing Star Wars the whole time. We love Star so Wars. So we're doing a whole podcast on Star Wars, and then we'll be doing a nerd denim on the Star Corps, the the Last Jedi movie. Yes. Uh, we'll be actually having a guest for our second part of Star um, Star um, Wars that um, that I'm really excited about. So um, can't wait for that. It's always exciting and when you can find someone that's like on the same level of nerdiness about something as us. Like, it always oh, makes man. you feel good, because there's not too many. Hey, it's a lot of nerds that have come together. You know, we were, we actually rule this thing nowadays. The, <laughs> the, the nerds back in the day, you know, we, we had to wait our turn. So now, you know, we can actually stomp and say, okay, we got our movies, we got our pop culture, we actually influence a lot of things in tech. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we are here. All of a sudden, being nerdy, just, you know, instead of being weak and getting beat up by Gaston... You know, all of a sudden being nerdy just meant you were like rich and stuff. Oh, you you, you ever seen Twenty One Jump Street, the um the first movie? Yes. Where the jock he um the jock <laughs> he got surprised when they got um sent back to high school and everything and uh-huh. found out it wasn't that cool to be a jock. Right. It was more cool to be a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "What's going on? <laughs> this is like the Twilight Zone." Oh man, that was um classic there. But um, but you guys can find us on um, um, at Nerdcyclopedia on Twitter and at Nerdcyclopedia on Facebook. Um, you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Um, check out the website. Uh, we'll be updating the website for more, with more content yes. um, at, ner- at www.nerdcyclopedia.com. And uh, do you have any tags that you want to? Um, I'm on... There? I'm on Twitter myself as uh, at Steel City Hitch, and I am uh, on Twitch. My handle there is S C Hitch. That's S C H I T C H. I am actually an affiliate now, which is new news. So you could subscribe oh, to my awesome, channel awesome, if you awesome. wanted to. I would get, I think, two dollars and fifty cents. Uh, if you do have Amazon Prime and you want to do that. You can you can make a Twitch account and subscribe for free. You get one free subscription a month. You can throw me the two fifty. Uh, you know, I guess if you weren't doing it already, you could do that if you want to. Ah, okay, that's awesome, awesome, awesome. So, um, definitely, you know, check all that out and um, 
you know, check us out next week when we start talking about Star Wars. Um, we're real excited about this, guys. So if you like what you hear, tell your friends, subscribe to our podcast at um, iTunes and Google Play. And we'll see ya. Um, take us out, crazy man. Bye. Bye.